Hey, I'm Andy McMillan, and you're watching episode two of the Andy McMillan Podcast. Thanks so much for taking the time to watch this episode. I want to ask you, if you're watching this, if you would be so kind to do a couple of things for me. If you enjoy this content and find it valuable, I'd love for you to subscribe to this channel and even like the video or the podcast that you're listening to. It means the world to me, and it lets you have access to everything we put out immediately. So please take the time to do that. Well, today we're going to begin a series of episodes talking about how we can worship and connect with God. You know, many of us, when we think about worshiping God or we think about connecting with him, we think about a corporate worship service. We think about a Sunday morning or we think about a moment, uh, maybe that you have a memory of a special moment where you connected with God in an altar or in an in a intimate time with God. You know, worshiping God goes far beyond what we do inside of a church. I think that many of us have actually begun to really understand that in this year that we're in, in 2020, when many of us haven't been able to go into church church and worship God. And so today we want to talk about what it looks like to worship God in our own way. I moved to Florida several years ago from the great state of Georgia. And when I moved from Georgia to Florida, something changed my allergies. I grew up in the state of Alabama, and then I moved near uh, Brunswick, Georgia on the East Coast, and then to Atlanta, and never had allergies. Three different locations, no allergy problems. But when I moved to Florida, I felt like my body was coming unhinged, and I was getting sinus headaches, my nose was running constantly in different seasons, and it was driving me crazy. Well, I began to talk to some friends about what to do about this issue. And some people would tell me to take this brand of allergy medicine. And then somebody else would say, no, not this brand, but take this brand. And back and forth, over and over and over with four or five brands. And I just thought, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to take to make me feel better? And I got some advice from a coworker. He said, you know, Taking medicine and taking allergy medicine specifically, you kind of have to find the brand that works for you. And I said, what do you mean by that? Aren't they kind of the same? I mean, I know that they have different brand names, but when you look at the back of the bottle, they all have similar ingredients. And he said, yes, but every brand has a different... amount of, of the uh, chemicals or whatever's in the medicine for you. So the brand from Kroger versus the name brand that everybody knows versus the Great Value Store brand, they have slight differences in how they're made. And that's why some work for some people and not for others. And he encouraged me to just try a bunch of them. And so I began to slowly find one brand that didn't work and then another brand that didn't work. And then I stumbled on the Kroger brand, which if you live near a Kroger or a Fred Meyer, you know how amazing those store brands are. And the Kroger one worked for me. It immediately made my head stop pounding. It made my skin stop itching. And I felt like a new person. Now, why do I tell you about my allergy saga? Well, this is why. Because I was uniquely wired to need a unique amount of ingredients from the Kroger brand. Somebody else, very similar to me, needed those ingredients, but they might have needed a slightly different amount of one or two ingredients. And that is very similar to how we're wired for worship. 
that foundationally, we all need the same thing. We need intimacy with God. We need to grow in our relationship with God. We need to worship with God in a way that helps us feel close to him. And God desires for us to connect with him in the place that we feel him most present in our life. So it's not one way that we need to worship. There are many ways for us to worship. And God desires to find the one that best connects our soul to his heart. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to talk about three different ways in this specific podcast that we can connect with him and grow in our intimacy with God. Now, there are lots of books about this. I do want to give you one written by a guy named Gary Thomas called Sacred Pathways. And a lot of what we're going to be talking about is found in that book. Um, As a matter of fact, the three that we're talking about today, you can find just inside Sacred Pathways. So grab it on Amazon. It's a great read to help you understand different ways that you can grow. But in this podcast, we'll talk about these three. And in the next podcast, we'll talk about three more. So let's talk about these three. So how can we worship God? The first way that we're going to worship God is through nature. Now, this is kind of a unique one because I think just about everybody will or could experience God in nature. I think that it's possible. Now, there are some people that are obviously more naturally drawn to it, but there are also people who just find it in a season of life that works for them. But I believe that God loves to meet us in nature. And for some of us, nature becomes the inspiring catalyst to meet with God. You know, I didn't really find God in nature until I moved to the Pacific Northwest. There were a couple of moments when I lived in Florida where I went out on the beach and I felt God's presence, but that was few and far between. It wasn't something on a regular basis that I did. But when we moved to the Pacific Northwest, I found God in nature in a big way. And I think a lot of it's just the reality of what the Pacific Northwest is. It's beautiful. The weather's nice most year round. It does rain pretty consistently, but I mean, if you're from the South, it's not like rain in the South. It's pretty, it's pretty chill. So you could throw on a light rain jacket and still keep on trekking. There's beautiful hiking here. Uh, we live in wine country. And so I ride a bike for exercise. And so praying while you're riding a bike through vineyard country is absolutely fantastic. And there's just something inspiring about the beautiful landscape that we live in. Now, if I moved, I don't know that I would necessarily be somebody who loves to worship God in nature, or some people would call it a naturalist, somebody who loves God through nature. But I would say that I'm a situational uh, naturalist, that if it's absolutely gorgeous, I'll engage. There are some people that it doesn't really matter. There's just something about getting outside that sparks their dynamic of uh, desire to connect with God. And that's a beautiful thing. That's an absolute beautiful thing. And whether you are a situational naturalist or you are just a naturalist in general, there's something amazing about meeting God there. And, you know, we see in scripture in the book of Genesis that the original cathedral was a garden. It was nature. It was seeing God's handiwork. We see it in the book of Genesis with Adam and Eve. The Bible tells us that that God walked with them through the garden in the cool of the day. That's a beautiful picture of what it looks like to meet God in nature. We also see all throughout the Old Testament and even in the New Testament, God meeting people in nature. We see Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. We see see Moses in the book of Exodus having tons of experiences, the burning bush, Mount Sinai, his entire ministry. There are several places in nature that mark
marked him. And I believe that God desires to connect with some of us in nature. Maybe you've never tried to meet God outdoors. Maybe you've never tried to just go to a park or maybe go for a bike ride or go for a jog just out in God's beautiful country. It it might be worth a try. You may find that you connect with God through nature. And when you find God there, I believe that it's a beautiful thing. There's a special kind of peace that's found when we worship God in nature. The second way we can connect with God is through tradition. We would call these people traditionalists, people who just love spiritual tradition. Now, this is kind of a new thing for me personally because I'm not necessarily a traditionalist and and I don't have a ton of friends that are traditionalists, but I do have one. His name is Trey. He's a worship pastor at a United Methodist Church. And the interesting thing about Trey is that we both grew up in a church that wasn't very traditional. The only things that we did that had any kind of ritual to it were communion and baptism. That was about it. We didn't sing a whole lot of hymns growing up. We sang fairly modern choruses and that progressed as time went on. It just wasn't a part of the church's DNA to do a lot of tradition. But Trey found the power and the value of tradition in worship when he went to college. He went to a school uh, for vocal performance, and he began to sing classical hymns. And I can remember even talking to him during this transformation. He began to really experience God through those things, and he's gone on to be a traditional worship pastor at a Methodist church. I think he's actually at the second church serving in that role that he's been on staff at. And what's interesting is I think that he's younger than the pastor who leads the contemporary service where he's at. And I remember him telling me that and thinking, that's, that's interesting. And he, and he said, well, not really. I just love these things. And he began to express his passion for singing songs that he knew had been sung in churches for generation after generation after generation. And that is somebody who connects in worship with God through tradition. There's nothing wrong with that. Liturgical churches are often uh, where those people are found. Now, what's interesting about traditionalists is you're either a traditionalist or you're not. I don't think it's like nature where people can go in and out of season uh, with, with nature in worshiping God. I think you either love the tradition of the church or you are probably not the biggest fan of it. And that's okay. It's not for every But for those of you who value and love tradition, it can be a powerful thing. I remember the first time I experienced uh, worshiping God in a traditional service. It was new from what I grew up in. I'd never really experienced that it was in actually a Methodist church that when I was in college, I ran sound at. And I didn't really think I was going to have a deep spiritual moment in that in that service. But I had a moment as the choir was singing a hymn that really just touched my heart. And while I wouldn't say, man, I want to do that every week, there was something powerful about it. And so don't discount uh, traditional worship because maybe you're averse to the word tradition. It can be a beautiful thing. And there's something amazing knowing that not just people before you, but people all around the world are doing some of those things. You can do tradition a lot of different ways. You can do it through music, through hymns, through other rituals that are spiritual and and found in scripture. You can do it by reading through uh, the Bible 
on the Christian calendar. Many of you may not even know that's a thing, that there's a Christian calendar where Christians from all over the world choose to read the Bible together. Many of us use Bible reading plans, but we may or may not use the Christian calendar. And that's a tool that you can use to grow in in that if you love tradition. It can be a way to connect with thousands, hundreds of thousands, and even millions of Christians around the globe. And what's interesting, the last thing I'll say about traditions is this, that many people are like my friend, Trey, that maybe they grew up in a contemporary church, but when they went to go find their own relationship with God, they actually averted back to it. And so you may have grown up in a modern church and just not know that God's wired you to love tradition. So give it a shot, play around with it. Let it be an area that you just experiment in your relationship with God. The third way we can connect with God is through care. Now, this may seem a little bit different than tradition or uh, than worshiping God in nature, but it is a way to worship and connect with God. It's actually a very deep way to worship God. Let's look at a passage of scripture that talks about it. Colossians chapter three says this, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord, you will receive your inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is a very important passage because it tells us that when we serve others, when we work to serve other people, that we're doing it as unto the Lord, that there's an inheritance that comes from God for being a person that serves And when we care for people, we're serving them. We could be serving them in many different capacities. We could be helping take care of them, or we could just be listening to them over a cup of coffee. I know that for many of us, when we go and we meet people and they're struggling, it can be daunting to listen to their their issues and to listen to what they're processing. But that's caring for people. It's building a relationship through care for them. You know, one great example I have of worshiping God through care is from my church that I grew up in. And my youth pastor, uh, who I still have a great relationship with today, uh, his wife was diagnosed with Huntington's disease several years ago. And one of the things that was beautiful about the church that I grew up in was that when she was diagnosed, there were several families in that church that came and told Jeremy that they wanted to come and serve him, that they wanted to come and help care for his family in this season. And we saw even even past Tiff's uh, death several years later, these people continue to stand up and serve his family. Why? Because they cared for him and they wanted to care for his family and for his kids. It was a beautiful picture of watching people worship God and connect with God by caring for other people. And care can look like that. It can look like a commitment to love somebody and to, and to serve them in a difficult season of their life. It can look like getting a cup of coffee with somebody. It can look like being willing to jump on the phone when somebody's in a crisis moment. And in those moments, we find that we connect with God by caring for other people. And there are many of us that we will find that that becomes the strongest way we feel intimacy with God when we choose to care for those people. And it is a form of worship. It's a form of service, not only to those people, but to God. Well, I hope that you found some interest in some of these as we've talked about different ways to worship and to connect with God. My prayer is that you'll play around with them a little bit. You'll have some fun. I got a little itch on my chin. You know, that happens sometimes. You get a little beard itch. It stinks because it's in the middle of the podcast, but I mean, I guess this is 
you know, kind of the end, but that's a different discussion for a different day. It's scratched. It doesn't itch anymore, but I hope that you've enjoyed this content. I hope that it's challenged you. I hope that it has encouraged you to experiment in your relationship with God. Find a way to connect with God that is unique for you, that helps you experience him, maybe in a way that you never have before. In the next episode, we're actually going to be doing a special college edition. It's going to be a blast, but right after that, we're going to jump back into this discussion of how do we worship and connect with God. Before you tune out of this video, make sure you take a second, subscribe, like this video, whatever you got to do. Let people know that this is out there and available. I'd appreciate it. It means the world to me when you do that. Thanks so much for watching the Andy McMillan podcast. Mm -hmm.